And I, honestly, I'd be like, I'm like, oh my God, I was asking for some advice on the filler and I ended up, I could have walked out there blinking booking a, a hair transplant appointment. You're listening to Guide to Brides, the wedding podcast. I'm Nikita from Team GFB, and if you're planning your wedding or helping someone who is, you're in the right place, because I'll be discussing trends, practical planning tips, and more with the help of some special guests along the way. So let's get started with today's episode. And welcome back to Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. We always love to bring you unique ideas and special guests that are going to help you understand how to get ready for your wedding across all aspects of the day. And this time, it's no different. We've all been there, woken up on the morning of an important event and seen a horrible spot right on our faces. And today's guest is an expert in all things skincare. So we hope that with her advice, you won't have that situation on the morning of your wedding. So let's head over to the Zoom with Nicola from Skin Geek. I'm happy to admit it because I've been there too, and I'm sure we all have. The day before an event, um, a spot suddenly appearing on your skin or you're a bit dry and flaky and you just don't know what to do. Well, instead of panicking, our guest on the episode this week, um, she's here to help. So today we're joined by the fabulous Nicola from Skin Geek UK. She knows everything there is to know about skincare and problems you may face with your skin. So Nicola, welcome. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Hi Nikita, thanks for having me. So yeah, my name is Nicola Russell and my company's called Skin Geek. I have a skin clinic in Scotland, but I also work in Harley Street as well. So I've just recently moved to a clinic called the Phi Clinic in Harley Street. Um, and I've got a training academy. Um, I've been a beauty therapist for about 20 years. And I think I've mainly focused on skin for about seven, eight years. Amazing. So you're a real skin expert. Well, as the name would would say. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. We'll find out. (laughs) For sure. Well, let's just dive straight into the questions then. And um, Nicola and I were talking just before this episode and I think this is going to work a bit like a Q&A because let's face it, you know, guide to brides, we know the basics of a few things to do with skincare, but it's not the same level as we know about like finding your wedding venue or booking your wedding photographer. It's not to that same level. So Nicola is here to answer our key questions. So let's let's start with that big one. I think uh, when we sent out our Instagram story with um, questions and that people would like to have answered, this one came up quite a lot. Um, and I think it's because we see it on Instagram so much is how do we get that smooth, glowy skin that we see all the influencers having that we really want to to have on our wedding day how do we get that so there's a few things so I think um things like glass skin it's a synergy of things but one thing to note as well so obviously I look at Instagram um influencers and things like that a lot of them have actually got filters on their skin as well um, and we all love a filter, so I mean, the quickest, easiest, fakest way to do it is to obviously to pop a filter um, on your camera. But obviously, when it comes to your wedding day and stuff, you can't do that. So I think it's a synergy of things. It's good, um, it's good skincare. It's good treatments, and I do believe that it's um, there's an internal aspect to it as well. So it's what you eat, it's how you're feeling, like stress and things makes plays a huge part uh, on how your skin and skin is. But I definitely think the two key things are good skincare routine, and you've got to do it religiously. Um, it's picking the right ingredients 
for your skin concerns and your um, skin um, type. And I, I know that not everyone's got the budget for treatments and things. So I always say if you've um, if you're on a budget, skin first. So always start on a really good skincare plan. The easiest way or the, the best way to do it is actually to visit a professional. So I know that a lot of people go to um, like the um, Debenhams and things. In fact, I don't even know if Debenhams is open anymore, is it? <laughs> it's it's not, no. Even, so we, no, it's so not, right? Like well, we'll see John Lewis. We'll see Yeah, if you can, go into an actual clinic that specialises in skin and they'll assess your skin. Because if you don't know what skin type you are, um, they'll assess your skin. They'll tell you what kind of skin um, type you have and they'll recommend the, the perfect skin regime for you. And if you do something like that religiously, then you will see results. It's not going to happen instantly, but you will see results. Um, for um, one of the best ways to get that kind of glass-like skin is to up your exfoliation. Now, I know a lot of people don't actually exfoliate their skin, but it's honestly the quickest way to have that kind of smooth, um, radiant kind of um, complexion. Um, another thing, the, the main things that I use in my skin routine that I feel that gives me that kind of glass light appearance is I love vitamin C, I love retinol, um, I love hyaluronic acid. These are kind of things that I look for um, in my skin routine. And then adding some acids like glycolic, um, salicylic acid, like lactic acid, anything that's going to buff and smooth the skin. Um, and hydrate, hydration, that's a massive thing. So um, if you're not drinking enough water, that plays a massive part um, in how your skin looks as well. If you're not hydrated, you can really see that. If you've got I'm that glad I'm drinking water while we're... Just had a drink of water. So you've, I've not even got water here, so I'm not even following <laughs> my own advice. But honestly, it makes such a difference. And even things like, see if I, I can see it in my, my, my face, if I don't drink enough water, my eyes go so puffy. So I'm one of these people that need to drink so much water um, just to, to reduce the puffiness and to give me that kind of glowy um, complexion because it really does dehydrate the skin. Amazing. And so what you're saying is that we need to have a good routine uh, yeah. for skincare and you need to do it very religiously, like daily, yeah. twice daily, depending on what your skin requirements Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Um, so we've talked about skincare routines. But yeah. what is the difference between a routine and a treatment? So if I'm having treatment for acne, that's not necessarily a skincare routine, is it? No, so the, the way I look at um, treatments compared to like a regime. So if you're getting regular treatments, it's kind of like going to the gym, but then eating a lot of rubbish at home. So mm -hmm. you wouldn't go to the gym and then you come home and eat pot noodles and drink cans of cola and things like that. So it's actually a synergy of things that if you're, you eat well and you go to the gym, you're obviously going to improve your, um, your the physical aspect. You know, your body's going to improve that way. You wouldn't do one or the other. And I think that um, if you are, to me, the most important thing is the regime. So you look after your skin every single day and it's the results is boosted by the treatments. So I wouldn't get treatments done and I wouldn't, without doing a good regime at home, do you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Um, so I always see the treatments as a booster to what you're doing at home. So at home, follow a good routine, do it religiously, you'll get great results. And those are those results are further boosted by treatments. And if you get a treatment specialised to your concerns, so you go to a, a um, skin clinic and they'll do something very specific for your concerns. So just say you've got acne, they might do something like a salicylic acid peel. 
um, or some type of laser treatment, but that's just boosting what you're already doing at home. Mm-hmm. So rule number one, get a good skin routine in yeah, place. Always start with skincare. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. And so when we've got long term problems, then I mean, I mentioned there about um, acne treatments and things like that. What other long term problems or skincare issues might might we want to look at having a treatment for? So one of the things that I treat quite a lot of is rosacea. So rosacea is an inflammatory condition and, and a lot of people aren't sure if you and the thing is as well. So someone like me, um, I can't diagnose rosacea. So you really need to go to the doctor to get that diagnosed. But rosacea kind of um, appears as a kind of um, red flushed um, appearance across your face. It usually starts at the nose and across the, the cheeks. Um, and rosacea is one of those treatments that I do definitely think treatments help. Um, you follow a good regime at home, but I do definitely think that things like IPL, is, to me, IPL is um, the gold standard treatment um, for rosacea. So it's a broad spectrum of light that goes in and looks for something that's not there. So typically like um, blood and pigmentation. So what it does is it kind of goes in and tries to cauterize that, that blood that's kind of flushing around about your nose and your cheeks. And, obviously, and there's treatments as well that you can do at home. So one of the the key ingredients I look for if you've got rosacea is something called azelaic acid, and it's a really good anti-inflammatory um, ingredient. For me, out of all the things that I've tried, I feel like this is the acid that's the most important um, or works the, the best um, for a, a condition like rosacea. But I'm, I find that rosacea is um, just as um, common as acne now. Um, and there's lots of studies to say that it stems from the gut and things like that. So, and that's another one of those things that it's a synergy of things that's going to help it. So, so good gut um, health, um, good skincare routine and go for treatments like IPL, um, a, a really good reputable um, clinic. Um, is obviously um, a major one. So that's a long-term sort of inflammatory condition. And again, very similar to rosacea good skincare, get treatments. Um, if it is an issue, then obviously you always need to visit your GP. And just when you're saying like long-term um, conditions there, there is some things that you just need to see your GP about. Um, when it's past that kind of annoying sort of breakout in a few spots there, you sometimes you just need to see the GP and you need to get that um, like medical help uh, for certain conditions. Another one that I see a lot of is acne scarring. So once you've actually got rid of the acne, um, then you're left with the um, after effects um, of that condition. So scarring, um, and scarring is one of those things that there's certain skin conditions that you can actually hide quite easily with makeup. Scarring is one of those things that you can, even though you've put on your makeup, you can you can still see it. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it comes up like quite scarring. funky sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those annoying things that can happen after you've um, went through a bout of, of acne, um, and it's more aggressive treatments that you need for that. So things like microneedling, things like lasers, um, but see, is like there's new treatments coming out all the time. Um, it's we live in a world where like te- technology is amazing now. Things that you that we would have loved to have get, got years ago for things like your scarring, it's so easily accessible now. Yeah, totally. And I think as well, like things like acne and acne scarring affect so many people, don't they? It's not just 
like you as an individual it affects so many of us I mean I, many, I yeah. haven't had I haven't had um, acne myself but I know of quite a few people that have and like they have yeah. well while I was talking about doing this podcast with them they sort yeah. of said oh yeah this is definitely something that I'd like to know about so know. it's it's worth being aware and of it does, that it really you know, affects your um, self-confidence mm-hmm. um, I had acne when I was in my early 20s and I think that's where I got my passion for skin as well, because it, it does, if, if there's, if you have got a skin condition, um, it really does um, affect your self-confidence in a way that nobody will understand if they've not had that. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? So, and yeah. your wedding day is the most, like, it's the most impo- one of the most important days of your life. So you want to look your best. And if you don't feel confident, then it's, um, that's go and get um, help and see if you can obviously improve. I improve that yeah and in terms of we talked about those those treatments for the long-term conditions mm-hmm. um for the long-term skin conditions how do we know that the clinic that we are using is a reputable one and we're going to come into this as well because I know we're going to talk about um aesthetics a couple of people have asked yeah. questions about aesthetics but in terms of like making sure that we're going to see a reputable person to yeah. to do these treatments how what what can we look for so I always, I mean, if you can get a personal recommendation, that's always the best thing. But we live in a world now where you, like in, on Instagram and Facebook, I mean, you could, anybody can say anything and you can appear, that clinic can appear reputable. Do you know what I mean? So I always mm. think that go for a personal recommendation first um, and go onto their website, have a look at their before and afters and things. But even saying that, I mean, anybody can use anybody's before and afters. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Google reviews, you can, anybody can see a lot of rubbish in Google reviews, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm. So are there any like qualifications that we can look for or certificates that might they might have on the wall or something when we walk into these clinics? Like, what can we look for? So with um, qualifications, things have changed since, because it's been 20 odd years since I, um, like I've qualified as a beauty therapist. But nowadays there's lots of, um, there's training courses that you can actually just go and look learn about skin I'm not hugely um, knowledgeable about these but when I was at college I was there for three years so I did an HND um, but along the way there's like um, you go on lots of advanced um, kind of courses along the way so every brand that you train with you get training for them you can there's there's a plethora of um, training courses that you can go on so it's quite a good um um, sign if they've got a lot of certificates on their um, on their wall because education is um, so important. So if they're putting themselves through lots of different training courses, they're they're obviously up in their education. Um, so that's always a good sign. But I wouldn't say that it's obviously um, it wouldn't be my like. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't be. Um, I mean, if you go into my clinic, I don't actually have any certificates on my wall. So if we were going to go by that. Um, then that wouldn't be um, a good sign for anybody coming into my, <laughs> my clinic. So I kind of work off reputation. And a lot of the clients that come in to me are people that have been recommended to, to them. Um, they've Someone's recommended me to, to them because I've maybe fixed one of their friend's skins or a work colleague or... Um, so I, most, like if I... Probably my biggest advice would be recommendation. Ask people, is anybody ever went for a skin treatment of do you know what I mean I, I see a lot of people on my Facebook um asking for advice all the time so you can go on to Google reviews and 
you could read the, the reviews, but are they legit? Do you know what I mean? So I always mm -hmm. think go with someone else's um, honest kind of um, opinion and recommendation on someone. Before we get into the, like our listeners' questions, I think there's something that's really important that we need to touch on, and that is um, non-surgical cosmetic procedures. Yeah. Um, we've seen a surge on social media, and I'm sure you have as well, of brides, mothers as a bride, sometimes grooms, getting these non-surgical cosmetic procedures like Botox or lip fillers or cheek fillers or something like that. Um, I think it's really important that we just clarify how if you do want to get that procedure how you make sure you number one get it done safely yeah. and number two how far in advance you should be considering that before yeah. the wedding so that if anything does go wrong you have got the time to sort yeah. of let that melt away or, or you know yeah. what I mean so um, I know that rules are different from up here than they are um, down your way so in Scotland we've got something called Health Improvement Scotland and basically they're responsible for regulating all the clinics up here. So it's actually quite strict up here. So if you are in Scotland, you want to be looking for a clinic that's been regulated um, by the Health Improvement Scotland. I think down your way, I mean, are they fully insurable? Have they been, where have they trained? Have they been trained to a high standard? Um, um, and I know that um, you'll know yourself when you're see when you see the before and afters on Instagram and stuff. There's some clinics that, and it depends on the look that you're going for. So I really believe in the word tweakments. So I like I like that when do you know that when you are getting Botox and a little bit of filler, but nobody can see that you're you're you've had it done. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I do see some. The thing about fillers as well as fillers is quite a trendy. It's I think they go through trends that I've I've seen. Um, um, pictures of lips and is it called the Russian lips or something and the, the cupid's bow is really pointy and things like that so I do think things like fillers actually go there they go through trains um, and you don't want to do anything trendy before you're um, <laughs> wedding so I do believe in that that saying the tweakments I love like just a little bit of this and a little bit so nobody can really um, see that you've had anything done and I think that's what um, Botox and fillers and any kind of injectable should be about. It's kind of enhancing what you are already have. We've got, I've got an aesthetic doctor that works for me. So her name's um, Dr. Um, Jenny Gilmartin. And she's amazing. And pe what people like about her is she does just enhance what you've already got. Uh, there was a girl that had came in for treatments and she had said when she came in to get Botox with Jenny, she says, what I liked was when I was sitting in the, the, the waiting room, everybody that was round about me, they all looked amazing. Do you know what I mean? There was nobody that was overly false or anything like that. So I do think it's all about enhancing what you what you already have. Um, when it comes to, and just going back to the whole recommendation thing, gets, get a personal recommendation. Um, that's the best way um, to find someone um, reputable and someone that you're going to like the type of style that they that they do do you know what I mean are they are they natural or do they go for the more kind of dramatic look that I know a lot of people like and I'm not do you know what I mean it's it's not for mm -hmm. me but um it's just each to their own and um, what kind of work that you you kind of like fillers fillers wise um when it comes to the time scale that I would probably say see if you can at least a year if you can I mean probably no more than six months if you're going to think about mm -hmm. things like Botox and fillers um I would want to be getting Botox a couple of times before my wedding. Um, yeah. And I, because I've heard to people, I don't know if you've 
if you've had Botox or if you know anyone that's had it, I know people that hate Botox. They absolutely hate it. And I once had a bride um, and everything worked out fine, but this was a few months ago that she came in and she was getting her treatment done. And she was like, so she, I think she was getting married the like a couple of weeks later and she was actually going for her first ever Botox treatment like in a week's time. And I thought, oh my God. That makes me nervous. <laughs> I, was so, I was so nervous for her. Um, and I, she had been recommended um, this nurse, but that's not to say that she would love it or... Do you know what I mean? Some people just mm. don't like the way that it changes their, their face. Sometimes it can raise your eyebrows a little. Sometimes, for me personally, the type of um, where she needs to inject the Botox into me, my, must, um, my eyebrows can drop a little bit and it, it's maybe two or three weeks that it looks like this. So I would never get Botox like really close to my wedding. So I would be, I'd wait at least a month until I got my Botox done um, before the wedding. But that I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it done for the first time um, mm. so soon before. Um, so I would want to have it done at least twice um, before before the wedding. Yeah, so you know how your face reacts yeah, to it. Yeah, so oh, you 100%. know how long, how long it takes yeah. to dissolve, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. I've had people that's had Botox and they've had it once and they've said never again. Like I'm just, I'm quite happy with having the lines um, on my face because they just didn't like it and they just... Mm. You just don't know. So get it done at least once and then get it done again. I would say a month before um your before your wedding. Yeah, so that so just to clarify that sometimes like if you get Botox or fillers, it can take a couple of weeks or a few weeks to, yeah. to settle. Settle, um, so, yeah. And yeah. bruising as well. I mean, mm. um I think we'd spoke about before about bruising and stuff. So sometimes bruising is inevitable. If you see the, the network of blood vessels that's in the, the face, sometimes you're just it's just your luck. Um, I mean, it's, and it's a needle going into your bad. face. <laughs> it's a needle going into your face at the end. Of the exactly. Day. If you're going to start poking needles into the face, then there's a chance that you're going to hit a blood vessel um, in your face. So do you know what I mean? It can be inevitable. It doesn't happen to everybody. And it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world to happen. But obviously, if that does happen, you don't want it to happen so close to your wedding. Um, and it'll, it's a temporary thing, do you know what I mean? And your lips, are, you, your lips can swell and, and bruise as well, but these are all temporary things. Yeah, so, okay, so before we move on to our listener questions, then let's just recap. So making sure that if you are going to have aesthetics like Botox or fillers, yeah. to make sure that you plan, a, plan ahead, ideally plan ahead. a year ahead, um, yeah. and then look for someone that's got the right qualifications insurance and everything like that to make sure you're doing yeah. it safely ideally personal recommendations are going yeah, to be ideally yeah perfect do you have any other advice for people who are thinking about getting like non-surgical um, cosmetic treatments um what i probably would say is um, be careful about the advice that you get because um, I know that some people, I've heard to people going in to get um, maybe Botox and they'll come out and they'll be like, oh, she she suggested that I get a little bit of Botox in my chin and a little bit of filler in my cheek. And, but, and before you know it, they've had a full face of aesthetics treatments done. And it was things that they probably didn't even notice about themselves. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes when you highlight something about someone, it's they didn't ever have an issue about that in the first place. Do you know what I mean? I've got certain issues about myself that... I kind of focus on and I'll tell you a story about something that happened I was in a work capacity with this doctor and we were in a clinic and I actually said to him um oh what what could you what would you do to me now this is the that's probably the worst thing that you can actually ask <laughs> someone like that what could you do to me 
So he says, um, and then before he even answered, I was like, oh, do you know, I feel as if I'm constantly tired and I don't know if I need some tear trough and, and things. And I says, and I actually hate my nose and I think my nose is too big. And he kind of looked at me and he was kind of like evaluating my face. And he says, you know, it's, I don't think, I don't think it's the nose. He says, do you know, and he, he kind of explained about the golden ratio and things like that. And then he says, do you know, I think your forehead's too big for your face. And he says, oh. I think that's what's aging you. And I went, all right. And he says, yeah. So he says, um, you know, we've got a, um, a hair transplant, like a surgeon here that can give you some advice. He says, even if we take an inch off your forehead, he says, that would actually make you look younger. And honestly, I was so shocked. And I was like, oh my God, I've never ever thought about my forehead being big. And obviously it's all I can think about now. Like I'm looking at myself thinking, my forehead probably is a wee bit big. But, um, and he actually got this guy to come through and then he was like, this is Nicola, and um, can you give her some advice on the hair transplant and stuff? And the guy's looking at me going, yeah, yeah, we can do that, and it'll soften up your face. And he, he started showing me these before and afters, and he was like, you know, we'll take a, an inch off the back of your head, and then we'll, uh, we'll implant it on your forehead. And the, so just a, a little inch off will make the, the, a world a, a difference. I'd be like, oh my God, I was asking for some advice on the filler and I ended up, I could have walked out there blinking booking a a hair transplant appointment and then something else he had said to me and I had said, I think I've mentioned my nose again and he says, "Um, it's not your nose that's aging you, it is your forehead and I thought, oh my God, sometimes like that's a tricky question saying what could you, what do I need, what could you do for me? Do you know what I mean? Because they could get, yeah. some people are just wanting, I mean, and some people are just not honest and they want the money. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you could get a little bit of this, you could get a little bit of that. And before you know it, you've spent over a thousand pounds on things that didn't really bother you in the first place. And the thing is, yeah. is well, you're getting married to someone that should love you. The, do you know what I mean? The way that you are. Um, do you want to completely transform your face? Do, do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't go into an appointment and take, there and then the advice that they would give you do you know what I mean because if I did oh my god I'd have a smaller forehead and I'd be a thousand pound down do you know what I mean I just wanted a bit of advice on my nose (laughs) I am like I'm shocked I know (laughs) honestly and see and that was that was a while ago and you know I think about it all the time even when I'm when I'm styling my hair and stuff I do look at myself and think is my forehead a little big do you know what I mean? And it was something that I never ever thought about. And he pointed that out to me. Sometimes you're better. Just life will be so you'll be so much happier if people don't point out. Do you know what I mean? Point out things that's that they well, think wrong. That's that's it exactly, isn't it? I mean, I I had my eyebrows threaded like back when I was like sixteen, and you know she did not do a good job. I looked like I had like these tiny 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 eyebrows, and I was like, it was not fashion. Let's just right. put it that way. Um, and she was there doing my eyebrows and she was like oh do you want me to see your lip as well I'm like what's on my lip oh I you know, know. Just, I know uh, that's yeah. a that's a big one that um, <laughs> like if you go in for like waxing and stuff and they're the you're getting your eye will I just do your top lip or I mean I'll be honest I've done that a couple of times where I've thought someone and I, it's horrible I've thought that someone was coming in to get their lip waxed and I've went ahead and started doing it and they're like oh what are you doing and I'm like is it your lip wax you're getting and they're like no my eyebrows and oh there's it's, there's nothing worse than doing something like that but yeah she's just decided do you know what I mean 
like me with my forehead you were probably then thinking oh my god have I got a hairy top lip and it, it kind of shines a light in something that you never ever had an issue with personally yeah, before I think right? that's that's it and it's just really good advice actually what you said is like you know don't ask like the open-ended question because no, you could get the thing fatal. that you don't want yeah it can be yeah fatal. yeah exactly um okay <laughs> I'm gonna go <laughs> I can't believe that. I'm so shocked about I what that... Well, I was shocked oh. as well, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, we'll go into our listeners' questions now. We'll see if that comes up with any more like little tidbits like that, because that was, yep. while it was yeah, a great story, questions. I'm like completely shook. Like, I, I'd like to know what other people think about that. If you're listening to this, please put on your Instagram story what you think about that, because that is, <laughs> I am like, I, I can't carry on now. I'm just like, what? I like the things that you don't have an issue with. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, okay, so let's go into the hot seat then. So we asked our audience on Instagram and our Instagram is at Guides for Brides um, the other day what their questions were about skincare. Um, so here are some of our favorites we did have quite a few so i'm really sorry if we didn't we can't get to your question um but we have picked out quite a few and we'll, we'll try and get through them so first of all um we've got the age-old dilemma from sam what should i do if i wake up on the morning of my wedding with a spot on my face oh right so that's that's probably everyone's worst fear like <laughs> honestly it's everyone's worst fear so what i would say if you wake up with a spot in your face if it's not got a head don't squeeze it yeah. if it has got a head I understand if it's got a head because obviously if you're with your makeup and stuff you, you you might still be able to see it but if it doesn't have a head don't squeeze it because what can actually happen is see if you squeeze a spot and especially on the day you're wedding it might actually ooze and do you know what I mean if you can when you know when you can see the limp mm -hmm. come out if you squeeze too aggressively and your makeup actually won't stick on that um, effectively. You'll you'll actually see it get your makeup kind of um, breaking away from that area. So that's my biggest tip: is if it's not got a head, don't squeeze it. Because if your your makeup artist will know exactly what she's doing. She's going to she will cover that um, those spots so that do you know what I mean? She'll she'll know exactly the the products and stuff makeup products to use on your skin to cover it. Um, so I would say leave it be. If you if you wanted to reduce the swelling and the redness, then I mean something that's free is a bit of ice. Um, I love a, I love um, ice on spots. So just get um, a little cubic ice and actually um, rub it over the spot, and it'll actually reduce that inflammation and reduce that redness, and it does make a big difference. Um, so I would do that. Um, I think prevention is better than cure. So if you if you are prone to things like breakouts and stuff, and it's and it's happened before you've woke up and you've you've um, came out in a spot, then I do think prevention is better than cure. So use products that are um, specifically for breakouts. So there's a couple that I'm going to mention and my friend, Amy Adams, so she's a um, celebrity makeup artist. She's done everyone from Madonna to Dita wow. Bontis. And she actually does Tess Daly's makeup um, quite a lot. So she's a makeup artist that does her makeup on Strictly. So see whenever I've got like a question on makeup and stuff, she's the person that I go to. 
I mean, so, I, I, with that kind of name dropping ability, I would totally go. Yeah, I know. To her. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, she's a handy person to know. Um, so, one thing that she's actually she's actually given two recommendations. So, I've got a product, but that I recommend that you can actually put on a spot. So, see if you feel like that as a spot brewing and it's you can feel it the night before or a couple of days before you can put spot treatments on these um and it'll probably have something like it'll have look for ingredients like salicylic acid or benzyl peroxide so these are really good for like reducing the oil um benzyl peroxide or reduce inflammation it'll kill bacteria so one product so i'll tell you the product that i recommend and then i'll tell you the product that um, amy's right. recommended so one thing that I um, love, and I call it my SOS product, is it's from a company called Azo uh, Skin Health, but it's a kind of it's a prescription skincare range. So the product's called Acne Control, and it's a ten percent benzyl peroxide. So I think you get things like, and I think that like, oh, I think it's called Acne Side from the doctor, and they're usually like two point five percent or five percent benzyl peroxide. This acne controls 10% benzyl peroxide. So you would pop up directly on the spots. Um, and the idea is that they'll draw out oil, they'll kill bacteria, reduce inflammation. So you can put the, this, that's an excellent um, product to use, but you would need to know someone to prescribe that to you. Mm -hmm. Something that Amy, now I wrote this down, something that Amy swears by, here as a, right, it's called silical skin. Um, so you can, I had a, um, I investigated this product last night, so you can get it from Superdrug and it's actually less than eight pounds. So, okay. um, so I've tried to do some kind of digging on what it does. Um, so it's binds oil and bacteria in the pore. So it's main ingredient is colloidal silica gel. So do you know the little the silica bags that you get? Do you know when you get a pair of shoes or you get a yes, handbag right. and you get those little kind of, because it draws moisture? So that, to me, it seems like that's kind of the, the, the base of that um, product. So it's obviously binding and drawing oil um, from that, from the pore. And she, she honestly swears by it. She says, honestly, put it on the night before and you've no idea the amount of reduction, the, the reduction in the spot um, when you wake up in the morning. So I'm, I'm going to actually get that product. I'm going to try it out because she's, <laughs> she's raving about it. So if anybody's listening, then, I mean, for under £8, do you know what I mean? Get it and then keep it in your, your bathroom. And on occasions where you do wake up and you have got a spot, I mean, try that. Um, she yeah. swears by it. Um, just to clarify, not sponsored, guys. Not, not sponsored, sponsored, no, because I've, <laughs> I've had to read that off a sheet in case I got it wrong. Um, no, no, nothing sponsored. Um, so there was another, because and things like um, great um, makeup, um, great makeup, like concealers and stuff that, that would conceal it. So I love, there's a couple of things that I love. So one thing that, I don't know if you've heard of a brand called Art Deco, it's a German brand and a lot of people haven't heard of it, but they do a concealer and it's a camouflage concealer and it's really inexpensive as well. I think that's about eight pounds. I love that for concealing anything. I also mm -hmm. like Pat McGrath and um, she's got a really good yeah. um, concealer and Amy has recommended, what was it? One she, it was one that I'd never heard of. It's, I think it's called Delilah. Um, where did I put that? I wrote it somewhere. Um, it's called Deli Delilah Full Coverage or something like that. Um, yeah, 
Delilah Field Coverage Concealer. So she says out of everything she's tried over the years, that's the her go-to concealer for covering things like spots. So um, sometimes the, if it, the inevitable will happen and you do wake up with a spot and do you know what I mean? The, the only thing that you can do is cover it. So those are my kind of recommendations for, uh, for concealers, but the, the um, products as well. If you can't find those two products, just look for a kind of on the spot kind of treatment. You'd be looking for the ingredient salicylic acid, which is obviously an acid that um, it's the only acid that can actually break down oil. So as well as exfoliating the pores, it actually draws oil from the pore as well. So you'd be looking for that in benzyl peroxide. Even if you've got something like a, um, some kind of, like some kind of clay mask, like a sulfur mask, that would be good as an on the spot treatment as well. But definitely. Prevention is better than cure. If you can try and prevent those breakouts from occurring um, the night before, a couple of nights before, be using products like that and on-the-spot treatment would be amazing. Perfect. And in terms of um, covering up the spot as well on a wedding day, you know, makeup artists, they know what they're doing. They know, yeah, yeah they know what they're doing. But I know that's, I mean, I did my own makeup for my Yeah, well, that's day. the thing. Um, so I, you, know, you might be doing your own makeup. handy to get, yeah, mm -hmm. to look for a really good concealer um, like that that would obviously cover um, any blemishes and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the next question is from Rachel. And she has asked, my dress is a low cut back, but sometimes I get spots there. How do I prevent this? Right, okay. So I know that... Um, Backne can be a problem. Um, mm -hmm. So you need to determine, is this a few breakouts, something that you can help with, or is this past, is it past that, do you know that, that you maybe need mm -hmm. to go and visit a GP? Um, you can actually treat your back the same as you treat your face. So in the clinic, we actually do a back facial, and I know that it's becoming quite popular and trendy to have a treatment like that done. So it's a light peel, it's, a, it's exfoliation, a light peel, we do a clay mask, we do steam, we do extractions. So you could find a clinic or a salon near you that actually does facials specifically for the back. Do you know what I mean? So that they, mm. they call them facials. Um, <laughs> you can actually treat your back the same, do you know what I mean, the mm. same way. Um, up your exfoliation. So do you know the um, like the body brushes with the long handles? If you get one of those and, and like um, exfoliate and cleanse your um, back in the shower and just use the um, look for a, a body cleanser with again something like salicylic acid or you can even use your own kind of facial wash if you have something with that acid in it and um, pop a little bit on the brush and actually um, cleanse your own back you, the products that we've just recommended there so that's sil silicone skin or the acne control or anything quite similar get your partner to pop some of that on your uh, directly on your spots as well but I would say exfoliation up your exfoliation um because it's one of those areas that we don't really pay enough attention to and, no, if and especially when you low back is very popular yeah, at the moment. I know. And if it's not something that you've kind of really even noticed before, you start to notice it more when you do choose a dress that is low cut mm. or, you know, backless. So, yeah. And would you say that um, the order that you sort of like wash in the shower, like, you know, would you, you probably exfoliate your back before, uh, after you've washed your hair uh, because you've got all yeah. And that's another thing as well that like good point there see a lot of people um actually get breakouts because they're not actually um 
washing the their shampoo or their you know their body wash off um, properly. I know my kids, my especially my youngest, he comes out and he's always dripping in, in bubbles because he doesn't actually properly wash off anything. So your shampoo and that can actually be one of the main causes of things like that. So wash your hair first, make sure obviously that's um, that it's all washed away and then do your, your cleanse. Amazing. Okay, and the next question we've got is from Lauren. I've seen a product on TikTok that I want to try. Should I be doing this before my wedding? Right, okay. So see when it comes to, I've actually not even got TikTok, but I do see things popping up, you know, on my Facebook and stuff. And some of the things are absolutely crazy. And um, mm. I don't think I would, I mean, I don't know what product it is she's seen, but I don't know if I would be taking anything um, from what some of the TikTok kind of trends that are out there. And a lot of the trends that you see, these aren't like qualified people either. Do you know what I mean? If, if a dermatologist say was on TikTok and they were, do you know what I mean? Doing a, whatever the trend is, and this is a great product. I would probably be more inclined to believe that, but see when, if it's an influencer um, and there's, you know, you know, rub tomatoes over your face or, or whatever it is. <laughs> I don't think I would be doing anything like that or doing, and you don't know if they're getting sponsored as well to be, do you know what I mean? Some people sponsor, uh, they're getting paid to sponsor a specific product and there'll be people out there listening to them and thinking, oh, I'm going to try a bit of that. Um, and it's not, it's not to say it would help them and their specific um, concerns. So I probably wouldn't be doing anything kind of trendy. Um, that yeah. you said, but not too close before the wedding. And I, I guess as well, like you need to check the ingredients on that too, because when, yeah. as you said, when you sort of identify your skin type, it might it might not even work for you. you no, know? I mean some people spend an absolute fortune on skincare, and they're they're actually using really really good brands. But unless those ingredients are specific to your concern or skin type, then it's not going to work. Do you know what I mean? Mm. we'll come into skin type in a minute because I think that is an, another key question yeah. um so the next question we've got here is from Taylor what should I use on my wedding day to help my makeup look its best um so this is pro I mean this would be a good question for a makeup artist as well mm. eh? because I know that makeup artists all depending on the type of makeup that they are um applying on you um then they might recommend something um, that would be great back because I know there's some amazing primers and stuff like that out that's going to um, like it, they'll smooth um, the skin out before you apply your foundation and then they'll also um, like allow your makeup to last for do you know what I mean so that your makeup's more la um, long lasting as well but definitely you, you definitely want to be hydrating your skin um, before your makeup anyway I see loads of people putting makeup directly on their, their face without putting any prepping um, products on. So a really good kind of hydrating um, serum. And then go with what your makeup artist says about things like primers, or they might recommend you use something a wee bit richer um, on your skin the day of the wedding, just to complement the kind of types of products, makeup um, products that they're going to be using on you. But um, I, I mean, these are things that you want to be kind of um, testing out before anyway if you're going to get mm. on a good skincare regime you want to be using those serums and mo moisturizers whatever you're going to be using and then be applying your makeup and see how they look throughout the day how long do they last and um, it's trial and error trying to find something for you um that's going to be perfect for the day and the type of the kind of makeup that you're going to be wearing 
Yeah, I think I'm I'm guilty of myself of not having the most perfect skin routine. But how should I, how far in advance should I be thinking about that skin routine? So and getting into that habit. So I would say at least three months. So your skin goes through one full cycle and it takes about a month. So see if you let you allow your skin to go through three full skin cycles, then I would say that's the best time or the minimum amount of time that you want to um, start a new skincare regime. And again, going back to what we said at the beginning, getting good advice from a professional as well so that you know that you're spending money on products that are actually going to help mm. your skin type and condition um, concerns. Um, but yeah, I would say at least three months to get like optimal um, results for your big day. Brilliant. Um, so we've got some more questions here. Um, why does my skin break out in spots after a treatment? So I guess that would be facials and things like that. Yeah, so good question because it's, um, it happens quite a lot. So one of the main reasons I would say, so I mean, any treatment can make you, you, your skin kind of purge like that. It's an increased level of exfoliation that you're getting when you're getting a treatment. But a way to avoid that is see if you're actually using, so when how we were speaking earlier on about getting, you would, getting treatments done alongside a really good skincare um, regime at home. So a lot of people actually go and keep, they go and get treatments done, but they're not following a routine at home. So if you're not doing anything like um, following a routine that's got the specific ingredients for your skin type concerns, then you're going to get a treatment. So you're not doing anything like exfoliating or hydrating and things, and then you're going for a treatment and it's like a massive surge of everything getting done to your skin. So your skin, when you put your skin through that, then it, it it will tend to um, purge. So if you're using, if you're doing a good skincare routine at home, then you sh your skin shouldn't, oh, like, I mean, your skin shouldn't go into shock. Do you know what I mean? When you mm. go in for a treatment and because it should be used as a boost to what you're already doing at home. Um, another thing that actually um, can happen is, see, when you get a treatment done, it can actually stimulate your oil glands. So I always find when I get a treatment done, I, um, I feel a bit oilier than normal um, for a couple of days after. Um, so the, the increased level of oil can actually um, result in breakouts as well. I'll actually tell you a story about one of the girls that um, works with me. So she has got quite an oily skin and I was trying to come up with this kind of super facial and I uh, used her as a guinea pig. So, I mean, oh, I was throwing everything at her. I was peeling and I was steaming and I was doing everything. And she, she'd been used to getting lots of treatments done by me and she used a really good skincare routine at home. So this day that I'd done, I mean, it was like a two hour facial and I thought this is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, and I did this treatment on her. See the next again day, honestly, she looked like she could fry chips on her face. Wow. Like I swear, she came in, her skin was so oily. And then a few days later, she broke out. And I just think it was overstimulating her skin. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I do if somebody has got an oily skin, one thing that I do in my clinic is I don't do anything overstimulating on them just for that reason, because it, you, you do naturally kind of um, stimulate the oil glands. So I don't really do a lot of massage or anything on a client that's got an oily skin. For a dehydrated and dry skin, then I'm at like a facial with a lot of massage and stuff is amazing. But if you have got an oily skin, then I would avoid doing anything too um, stimulating. Um, because it's, it's just 
that's just what happens. Um, and at the end of the treatment as well, I always put that little bit less serum on um, because I've been for lots of treatments and then I leave and I feel as if like, do you know that feeling that they've just, your skin's so oily after a facial, they've just put too much, the combination of your oil glands getting stimulated and then too much serum and moisturizer on, it's just, I hate that feeling of being too greasy. Um, so I always put that after a facial and someone with an oily skin, that little bit less serum than I normally would. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, combination of things, your oil's getting stimulated and it's that increased level of exfoliation that you're having. Okay, brilliant. And uh, next question. <laughs> um, how close to the wedding should I get to my last treatment? So I think for me, this would be, um, I'd probably have a, like, a, like a facial or something like that, maybe a couple of weeks before. But what is your recommendation? Like when, when should you get that last skincare treatment? Yeah. So no, not too close, because obviously just like what we spoke about there, um, I would say between um, minimum maybe three days to up to a week before. And mm -hmm. it all depends as well. I mean, would you be getting a spray tan? So would Will you personally be getting a spray tan for your wedding? I might do because I'm getting married in October. Right, um, okay. So, it's, you know, it's not quite summer holidays. Not oh, quite and you do want to have that glow. kind of golden kind of, yeah. you know, that kind yeah, of glowy so I might tan. Do. Yeah, yeah. And I, the thing is, I would normally just do like a self tan at home, but yeah. I feel like, you know, it's not always perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know. So sometimes so, you've got, you're better leaving it to the professional. But um, so if you were to get a spray tan, I mean, you wouldn't want to get a spray tan 24 hours after a facial. So it's kind of like planning out what you're, mm -hmm. do you know what you're, what you're going to be doing, what your preparations are for your wedding. So I would probably, oh, yeah. the ideal time really would probably be three, four, three, four days before it, or like no longer than a week um, before it, because my favorite treatment before, so I might do like really aggressive treatments before a wedding, um, the lead up to it but see the last treatment I do something like a really nice gentle peel or something like that and you still want to have that kind of like glowy radiant do you know what I mean smooth skin so you don't want to have it too far away from the wedding do you know what I mean so I think three four days are ideal perfect um where should my budget go skincare or treatments you probably know what I'm going to say because I keep going on about it, but skin before treatments, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, I think um, if you've got a budget, um, I the first thing that I would do is I would be allocating the majority of my budget to my skincare routine at home. So something that you're going to do every single day religiously um, to improve any skin um, concerns that you have. And if you've got a budget, you've still got um, money left in the budget, that's when you get treatments done. Brilliant. So skin skincare first, then look at doing the um, treatments. Amazing. And if I'm on a tight budget, um, what are the key products then that I need in that routine? So we've said skincare um, over treatments. Yeah. What are those key things like key products that I need right, in my okay. skincare routine? Yeah. So um, I would probably say key products are really good cleanser because if you don't, the cleanser is your first step in your skincare routine. So if you're not doing, if you failed the first step, then do you know what I mean? Every other step after that's not going to be um, as, as great. So I would say um, get a really good um, cleanser and one that's specifically for your skin concerns and type. Um, after that, I think it depends on your kind of skin concerns. So 
I would say if you have got, say, an oily skin, I would probably look into getting a, a, an exfoliator. So a cleanser and an exfoliator, and maybe not, um, you could, um, you don't need to have a, um, spend a lot of money on, say, a, a serum um, for your skin. So if you have got an oily skin, if you've got a break, like if you're prone to breakouts and stuff, the way you think about, like if you are getting spots and stuff, a spot is basically dead skin, oil, and bacteria. So you want to eliminate one of those things. So if you up your exfoliation, then you're um, you're getting rid of something that's causing that spot, if that makes sense. And I think a lot of people with oily skin don't exfoliate enough. So you'd be aiming to exfoliate your skin maybe two to three um, times a week if you had an oily skin. So a really good cleanser and a good exfoliator. And then a budget serum um, would be great. And I'll always recommend an SPF for everyone, no matter um, the skin type. Um, if you've got a dry skin, then I would probably say, again, a really good um, cleanser and maybe a really good nourishing um, serum or moisturiser. So it really depends on the kind of skin type and concerns that you've got. Um, yes. Well, speaking of skin type, you know, you've mentioned that identifying your skin type, you, you probably need to go to a professional who can do it like yeah. clearly for you. Yeah. But I think let's talk about ingredients. Um, so right. if I've got dry skin, what ingredients should I be looking out for? So if you've got dry skin, you want to be looking at ingredients with maybe um, things like vitamin E or ceramides, which are basically like fats, like lipids that are naturally um, found in your skin cells anyway. And these are really good at retaining moisture in the skin. So you'd be, if you have got a naturally or a genetically dry skin, which a lot of people don't actually have, um, a, a genetically dry skin more people in the world actually have an oily skin um, but if you have got a naturally or genetically dry skin then you you need to have more kind of emollient kind of rich um, products because if your skin can't produce if it can't naturally produce an oil then you need to add um, more emollient kind of products ingredients to your to your skin and then for combined skin or like slightly congested skin, where what would you recommend there? So I would probably either, I would, if you've got, see, I, I don't really treat anyone like, I don't look at people as having a combination skin. I look at, do you produce oil or do you not? And if you produce oil, then I would be looking for ingredients that are going to help control that oil. One thing that you need to be careful about with your skincare is there's a big difference between oil-free and and oil control and just because something's oil free it doesn't mean to say it's actually going to help or control the amount of oil in your skin it just means that you're not putting any oils on your skin do you know what I mean so if you've got a combination skin uh, if you're prone to breakouts and acne prone skin then I would be looking at specific ingredients that are going to um, reduce um, or control the amount of oil that your skin's producing and the thing that you need to remember as well if you've got an oily skin like I can't I can't, um, I can't stop your skin from producing oil. Do you know what I mean? All I can do is give you products to help control it. I can't genetically change how your mm. skin is. So if you've got an oily skin, I can only give you products that's going to help you. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have an oily skin. So things to look out for is, um, I've mentioned it before, salicylic acid. Um, so salicylic acid is one of my favourite ingredients. It's an acid which has... Um, it's the only acid that can actually draw out oil from your pores. So think of it as a sponge. 
Um, so not only does it exfoliate, so if you remember that you're, if you are prone to breakouts, breakouts are oil and um, dead skin. So it's salicylic acid is doing two things. So it's eating up all that dead skin and it's reducing the amount of oils and the oil in the pore as well. It's also anti-inflammatory as well. So it's like a hero um, ingredient. I would be looking for that. Um, another thing is, I've mentioned it before, benzyl peroxide, um, things like sulfur, also things like retinol, because retinol actually um, normalizes um, your, and it sounds dead boring to say that, but like it kind of, it tries to make your skin normal, if that makes sense. So retinol is great for that. And there's all different brands and different strengths and stuff of retinol or vitamin E. Um, so that would be, I, so that would be the kind of key ingredients I'd be looking for. Salicylic acid, benzyl peroxide, um, sulfur, retinol. Those are the kind of ingredients that I would be looking for. And would that be the same for oily skin as well? Yeah, oily skin, yeah. Sorry, what did I say? Did I say oily skin? No, you said oily, oily breakout. Yeah, combination, yeah. yeah. So if you've got a combination skin, I'm kind of targeting the, um, and do you produce oil? Are you producing oil? So that's kind of what I'm going to target. Okay, amazing. Um, and I think that is all of our listener questions. So thanks so much for joining us today, Nicola. And I, I've certainly You're learned welcome. a lot. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I've said, yeah, I've learned so much and I am definitely going to go and do my homework and find out if my, one, if my skin routine uh, is suitable yeah. <laughs> and two, uh, actually get a bit more uh, strict on my skin routine um, before yeah. my wedding, which is at time of recording, nearly 12 months away. So um yeah we'll we'll see <laughs> plenty of time and like i said yeah. 12 months is the 12 months is a perfect time like allocation of time for you to start doing what you're going to do you look like you've got great skin anyway so well that's the thing i i have very breakout prone based on hormonal or stress oh yeah so right. that's that's the thing we've got to work out whether, whether that is right. what's causing and that stress and I, is, I mean yeah. god stress is really it plays a key part in your your um, skin as well so even like I'll quickly say about stress like I mean try to tell a bride not to be stressed before her wedding do you know what I mean you everybody's well, going I know what I was, what I was like um before my wedding but it's just like doing me things and you've that you've probably um like you can do a full podcast on how to de-stress yourself before um your wedding but just taking time out and um you know going for a massage doing things that kind of do chill you out um, that'll help as well because stress can play a massive part in how your skin's going to look as well so yeah I'm definitely definitely gonna look into that because you know that's probably the, the one thing that's probably going to make me break out is going to be yeah, stress, uh, stress. No. Mm -hmm. So if you want to find out more about Skin Geek and what Nicola and her team can offer, we have their social media and website linked in the show notes for you. And as always, you can follow us at Guides for Brides. Uh, and until next time, happy wedding planning. Thanks again, Nicola. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. Head over to guidesforbrides.co.uk to continue your wedding planning. And don't forget to like, follow and subscribe on our social media channels at Guides for Brides.